0: my wonderful humans. Welcome back to the Balance Bond podcast, Soul on Fire. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. And I am so over the moon to introduce today's guest, Wesley Christensen, to the TBB audience. So maybe many of you know Wesley from her podcast, Wake Up With Wesley, or from her many blogs. She has been blogging since Around 2009, potentially earlier, I know that I found her in 2009, 2010, when I was a freshman at Loyola Marymount University, and my good, good friend to this day, one of my best friends, Claire, followed Wes, Wes's blog, and her adorable family, her husband, Bronson, her super cute kids. I think at the time she had just her oldest daughter, Zuri. Yeah, that's what it would be because it was so long ago and we started following her. Claire was like, you have to follow this incredible mom blogger. She has the cutest style. She is gorgeous. Her family's gorgeous. You're just going to love her. So we started following her before blogs were even a thing. So Wesley has been ahead of her time for a long time, more than she even knows, because when you talk to her, you guys, and you'll see in this episode, she is so humble. She is so down to earth. She radiates that true, just amazing, authentic vibe that I am so drawn to. and I don't use the word authentic lightly. She is, she's just one of those real people who you're like, oh my God, where did you come from? We need to be friends. That's exactly how I felt when, so first of all, when I started following her years ago, but then when I started listening to her podcast, when she started it earlier this year, I just knew there is something so special about this girl. And I wanted to have her on the podcast immediately. And then I held off for a while because I really wanted to do it in person. But because of everything going on with COVID and the fact that Wes lives in Utah and I live here in LA, I was like, you know what? I am not waiting any longer to talk to this fabulous woman and to have her on the podcast. So we did it on Zoom. And the really cool thing is we recorded for a couple hours. So we did a episode for her podcast Wake Up With Wesley, which is my favorite podcast to listen to right now, you guys. You have to listen. You will love it. And you can hear the first part of our conversation together on her podcast, and you will hear the second part of the conversation on this podcast in this episode. So this episode, of course, is all about Wes, and then the episode on her podcast is more about moi, and we have so much in common, from health journeys to spiritual awakenings to spontaneous kundalini visions and the deep power that we know is inside of us that I know everybody listening is into and has as well. I love learning from her about motherhood. And honestly, she just is one of those people who has life lessons, life lessons on life lessons. We talk about her rock bottom. We talk about her journey with Epstein-Barr. We talk about getting married young and having children young and everything that she's learned along the way, she is one of those people who's truly not addicted to her phone. I feel like I can speak for her in this sense because she, you can tell, she's living her life. She's not documenting every second, even though she's so gorgeous. She has the most beautiful kid. She's wonderful inside and out. Her husband is is wonderful, and they have such this great family, but she's living her life, and it's like kind of rare that she even posts photos of them, and her daughter is this incredible singer, and as you can tell, I'm singing her praises. We are soul twins from afar. She's a Libra. She's superstar seed, which we talk about in the episode on her podcast, and I've just learned so much from her, and I'm very excited to share this episode and this conversation with you guys. So head over to the Wake Up With Wesley podcast to listen to the episode that we did on her show And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, this podcast, send me a screenshot to com so I can send you my free gift. And I'm just so excited to get into this episode. Before we do, I want to thank our sponsor for today's show, Four Sigmatic. So, I've been drinking Four Sigmatic religiously for the last four years. They were actually my very first sponsor of the podcast, which is so cool. And if it tells you anything about how long we've been working together, I am such a fan of their products, I'm obsessed. I actually drink their mushroom coffee and their adaptogenic lattes every single day. And they have evolved and now they do skincare, they do protein powders, they do coffee, of course, they do cacao, so like mushroom hot chocolate, which is so good. And what you should know is that you can use the code blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E for 15% off of all Four Sigmatic products. And you can also go to foursigmatic.com blonde to see what my favorite products are, to see what I drink every day and to shop all of my curated favorites for you guys. So basically the products that I love the most right now are the adaptogenic coffee. So it's the one with the purple label. If you look on their site, there's a bunch of different adaptogen coffees, but the one with the purple label is my fave and my go-to. We got the ground coffee with lion's mane so that we can put it in our French press, Jonathan drinks it every morning. And the amazing thing about having adaptogens in your coffee is that you don't get those same jitters that you get if you drink coffee by itself on an empty stomach in the morning, like I know so many of us do. And if you're not a caffeine person, which I totally understand, they have caffeine free alternatives, very many of them, but it still tastes like coffee and it tastes so good. It's earthy, it's delicious, it's from the earth. They also have ground mushroom coffee with probiotics, which we know I'm obsessed with for gut health and for all things digestion. So a few favorites. Also, if you are looking for caffeine-free alternatives are the chaga or the reishi. I love to drink chaga for focus and alertness in the morning. And I love to drink the reishi at the end of the day to wind down, maybe mixed with a little bit of cacao powder and some almond milk and cinnamon for a healthy adaptogenic mushroom filled hot chocolate. And it's just so good for you. So of course, all their products are organic, natural, low in sugar, vegan, Everything needed to be TBB approved, we have had the founder Tarot on the podcast. highly recommend listening to that episode. They are scientifically proven to help you feel the ingredients so that you feel that shift from drinking it and of course, they are third party lab tested and rigorously taste tested so check them out. use that code blonde b l o n d e at checkout with Four sigmatic. Oh, also one last thing before we dive into this episode with Wesley, I just got word that we are definitely doing this. So we are going to do a little giveaway for people who rate and review both of our podcasts. So if you rate and review her podcast on iTunes and my podcast on iTunes and send a screenshot over to me at com, then we are going to pick at least one winner to receive one of her amazing t-shirts that say, do no harm, take no shit, which I absolutely love and one of my 22-day detox programs. So again, to enter, all you have to do is rate and review both podcasts on iTunes, send over that screenshot via email, and we will be picking a winner. So excited. Now let's head into this episode officially with this beautiful human. Wesley, I'm so happy that you're here. We've already been talking for like an hour and a half because we did your podcast and we just kept our convo going. But I have to tell you for the people who are here listening to this podcast, I have to tell you again that I've been following you for so long. I found you when it was like 2010, I was in college. I would have been a college freshman Mm -hmm. at that time. And my friend Claire was like, you have to follow this adorable family. They are so cute. They're like the best looking couple in the world. They have the cutest daughter. They're like just so cool and bohemian. (laughs) And we loved your style. I've never followed like fashion bloggers really or anything, but we loved your style so much. And you were more of just like... You were just like a lifestyle blogger before lifestyle blogging was even really a thing. I really was. Oh, yeah. What what made you start that before blogging was like... Now everybody has a blog, but nobody had a blog back then. Nobody
1: had a blog. And the truth was, is that my husband and I... First of all, we were married so young. Married at 19. Pregnant at 19. Had a baby at 20. So we were dirt poor. Had 300 bucks to our name. And we moved to LA. So my husband he had like an internship. I remember he only made $600 a month. And we lived in LA off of $600 a month. I don't know how we did it. But we were so poor, we didn't have phones. (laughs) We couldn't afford a cell phone. Oh my God. And the place that we lived had free internet and we had an old laptop. So it was how I stayed in touch with my family. I would like make a blog post about my daughter Zuri at the time. She was only like one about funny things she would do or us walking around LA. I was so alone out in LA because people thought I had like the plague. Like, why are you 20? Why do you have a baby? Why are you guys married? You're so weird. Like I was <laughs> alone out there. So it was just yeah. a way for me to stay connected to my family. And then it, it kind of grew. It never popped off, but it grew enough
0: I feel like it popped off in a way that you don't even see. <laughs> I feel I don't think I see I feel it. Like so many people know you. Like it's not even about like the follower count or anything. I think it's about how much you impact people's lives. Oh, that's like so you nice. are such a light. You're such a light. Like you stick with people. So I think the people who followed you even back then, like me, like I could never forget you. So that is when the you stop this thing. Thank you. I'm gonna take that compliment in. I'm working on like hearing a compliment and being like, you know what? Yes. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, you deserve it. And I'm working on that too. It's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. You deserve that. It's true. And so you stopped blogging. I feel like I didn't know where you were for a long time. Oh yeah. And then I all these years passed. And then I heard you on the Skinny Confidential podcast like two years ago. Yeah, I'm not sure when that was. And then you announced that you were starting a podcast and I'm I'm skipping some stuff, but I was so excited. And ever since then, it's been this like resurgence of me following you, being so interested in your life. You're a mom, you're a podcaster. You've had this spiritual awakening. Oh yeah. You had a religious upbringing. Like I'm so fascinated and all of that so, so just tell us about like your upbringing and and then how you ended up you know getting married so yeah. oh my is it conceited
1: of me to say like i'm fascinated by my own life story too like i look back and i'm like how Amazing. on earth this is the weirdest it's just the craziest story to me and i lived it it's wild right so yeah i was i was raised like hyper religious raised mormon latter day saint and i'm sure your listeners have heard of them you don't you don't drink you don't have sex before marriage no masturbation no a lot of people don't drink caffeine no coffee and and i was like really into it because i was such a spiritual little girl like i had my first Spiritual experience. I was six years old. I remember it vividly. I was in time out in my bathroom looking at myself crying in the mirror, and I was out of my body. And I was like, Oh, look at you. You're crying in the mirror. Your name's Wesley. And I remember my soul, be- it was like my soul talking to myself, being like, Whoa. Your name's Wesley. That's a dope name. My soul was like, You have the coolest name. What are you sad about? Like, what are
0: you doing? <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, my. So cool. Spiritual Wait, little kid. I feel like this is going to happen a lot in our conversation, (laughs) but you're making me realize something about myself already. What? I did something like that too when I was little and I never even thought about that until now. Really? As a spiritual experience. But no, totally. I think I was like 11 and I was in my bathroom hysterically crying because my dad had like yelled at me about... I re- even remember it was like, there were ants in my um, toothpaste drawer, my toothbrush, yes. whatever, because like my toothpaste cap was off and he was so mad at me. And he's like explosive. He's amazing. This he's, is my he's dad. Super- You're talking about my dad. We are
1: twins. Oh we God. are seriously soul sister twins. It's mind blowing. Okay.
0: No, we literally are because I feel called to tell you this, so, even though you. I want to hear your story <laughs> so much. No, so like the drawer had all these ants. He was so mad. He ripped out the drawer, threw it, just not at me, but like through he was so mad. And I was so hysterical. I was like, I felt so sorry, sorry for myself. Like I was such a sensitive kid, and he's so explosive. So I was hysterical. Like, how will I ever get through this? And I looked in the mirror and I saw myself. I was like this old woman who saw myself and promised myself, when you're older, never forget this, because this is what's making you strong. Oh. And just spoke to myself, like, you're going to be okay. Because even if you don't feel safe right now or taken care of, like, I'm going to take care of you. Oh my gosh, and that's beautiful. I've always remembered that, but I never thought of it as like a spiritual experience oh, until hearing you say that. Spiritual experience. It's like yeah. the, the
1: pot, the lid came off at that point. And I kind of was like, I also... So I would do things like that. I would have these profound spiritual experiences... But yet I was raised in a place like where we all, you drive down a big city, you see a guy on the corner that's like, has a sign that's like, repent now, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And I remember my mom being like, oh, don't go by that crazy. So it was weird. I was like hyper-religious, but then there was people that were too, too religious. And then I was having my own spiritual experiences outside of all of it. So it was just a weird, I just remember being a kid and being like, man, I don't know where I fit in any of this. Like none of this stuff makes sense, but I, I would have these spiritual experiences and not talk about them because I didn't want to be labeled crazy. So I just, right. I kept them to myself all the whole time. And then being raised Mormon, I believed, I totally subscribed to and bought the idea that I was only having spiritual experiences because of the church that I belonged to. And, and if I ever left that church, I would lose all these amazing things that were happening because I had another crazy thing at 12 and another crazy thing at 17. And I was like, there's something to this church. Like I'm having profound, profound, like knowings and I feel deeply connected. So I was like in it, in it kind of like Jack Mormon, they would say, like, I like would party a little bit on the weekends. So right. I feel such shame.
0: Oh, like the shame cycle in my life is just, it's been there since day one, like, Wow. Crazy. Right, to feel shame for partying when you're a teenager, which is such a normal thing to do. Oh, must have been so hard. It was like, so hard. Like that's so
1: much added pressure. Mm-hmm. It was
0: definitely life added is pressure. So much pressure.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and then I moved around. I went to 12 different schools, so I was always just I didn't feel like I knew anyone or anyone knew me. So my survival technique through life was like just get through the days and just become as invisible as possible. It's how I would survive. Just melt away into the background. I hate attention. To this day, it's so funny. I have a podcast. I hate attention. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why I hate it so badly. But I just learned to kind of adapt to whatever room I was in. I would pick up energy. Looking back, I'm like, oh, I was fine-tuning my spiritual gifts. Back then, I didn't know. But I just knew I was so sensitive and just to fall in line, whatever the room was doing, just kind of go with whatever the room was doing. So that's just how I lived my entire life. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's so wild. So then you you met your husband Super, and you yeah. were like 17? 17. 17. So I moved to Utah. Every other year
1: I moved. So I moved to Utah my senior year. It was the summer before school started. So I was 17. He was 17. I was almost 18. And I met him... And it was as if my soul understood and knew everything about his soul. And it was that we trauma bonded, to be honest. My soul understood that he was also a soul who never belonged and who was faking it just faking his way through life, putting on a personality, just getting through the days. And we found each other and I swear we became home. Uh, He was my home. I was his home. It was like unhealthy. Like talk about like those unhealthy relationships. I did not exist without him. It was so all encompassing. Like we were each other's life. And something about us meeting at that young age and, and feeling finally at home in ourselves with one another we we could kind of explode a little bit, but also numb out together. So we started numbing out. We numbed out in love. We numbed out with drugs and alcohol. It got dark. Our our The beginning of our relationship, it was so beautiful and so dark. It's so weird looking back.
0: Wow. So what kind of drugs were you
1: guys doing? Oh my gosh. I had never done a drug until I met him. And he had just smoked pot. But in Utah, you have to realize like like in the church that we were raised, pot is the same as heroin. Like if you're smoking weed, you might as well be doing everything. Like wow. it was bad. It was really bad. And and he was doing it. And I was like, I kind of am curious. I remember smoking weed one night. I hated it. I actually still don't like, I just, it's not my thing. Hated it. And the mm-hmm. very next day we were doing lines of Coke. The very next day.
0: Because it was like the door. Oh, that the door. Opened. Yeah. Now you could do anything, oh,
1: I already felt like I was the worst person in the world, so let's just pile on some more stuff It's like okay right. let's go let's go so for about a year, I mean cocaine was our drug of choice. we did it every single day I would call i i'm I call myself an addict like I have to be really 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 careful. He could have done it and left it at any point. My body gets dependent on chemicals and drugs, even coffee if I don't have a coffee like Today, I would have a headache by three. I My body is sensitive. So right. I could feel this in me and I'm like, this is so not who I am. I don't. I, this doesn't feel good. It's not right. So we thought it'd be a great idea just to jump from doing lines of Coke every single night to drinking, binge drinking. And I was like, okay, this is better than doing hardcore drugs. Let's just binge drink for another who knows how long, six months. And then that was not a part of the religion. And I felt shame about drinking. So I was like, the next best thing is pain pills. Let's just numb out with pain pills because our parents do like, like that seemed appropriate. Like it was a, a prescription kind of like a hall pass. Like let's numb out with that. And I will tell you that that was when I lost myself. The pills are, are the deepest, darkest, scary thing to me that I've ever done that I'm so grateful. Nothing worse happened because I just, I lost myself and that sort of numbing is scary to me. The prescription meds. Totally. Oh, it
0: was bad. And then and when you think about what a sensitive person you are mm-hmm. and how you were really just so spiritually connected to your soul, but that's not really recognized in this society, especially in your Mormon religion. Mm-hmm. Like, of course you were numbing out because it just wasn't safe. To be you. I never
1: felt like I belonged there, but uh, my spirituality was so on fire that I was just, it was su- such a confusing time looking back. So yeah, I totally numbed out. And it was only when I got pregnant with our first daughter, it was a miracle because I became pregnant and everything stopped cold turkey, not, not a withdrawal symptom. I don't know how looking back, but it was as if It never happened. Like I got pregnant. We were married very quickly after because that's also extremely shameful. Um, We were married probably two months after I found out. So I was was pregnant in my wedding dress. But yeah, we were good. We were like solid. We started a little family. I had two more kids by the time I was 26. And it was kind of like all I'd ever wanted. When I was a kid, I was like, I just, I really want to just be a mom. So I had everything I'd ever wanted. Like my husband's lovely. Everything kind of got ironed out. We had this beautiful life. We were always dirt poor, but that was fine. Like I was so used to it. I was like, yeah, this is life. We're fine. So I was 26 and I was like, well, okay, this is is it. I have the life I thought I always should have. And I really was realizing that I wasn't happy. And that freaked me out. Because what else would I want? If I have everything I thought I should have, And I'm not happy. What is lacking? Mm -hmm. That's such a scary feeling. Hated it. I felt like selfish. I felt like something was wrong with me. It was just a really, really, really confusing time. And it's the beginning of like the dark night of my soul. It kind of popped it the whole thing off.
0: Wow. So is that when you... Is that around the same time that you were sick with Epstein-Barr?
1: Oh, yeah. So... So... At this point, I had just had my third baby, my husband, Bronson. He was designing the world's largest lantern festival and working at a prestigious like one of the best architecture design firms in San Francisco all at the same time. So he had two full-time jobs. And at that time, everyone in his office was doing Adderall. And I was like, oh yeah, this is what the professionals, the CEOs, the bosses, if they're doing it, of course, like You need it. You have ADD. Like, of course, this is fine. You should take it. And we didn't know, but it was his, also his personal poison. So I saw him just deteriorate so quickly within the span of a year. And we've always been very like, like we listened to each other. Even though we got married young, we like had this profound maturity when it came to one another. We let each other be individuals. We would come together with our family, but like he was free to do what he wanted. I was free to always do what I wanted. And we respected each other as individuals. And this was the one instance in our life where I was like, hey, I I sense and I see that this is a problem. And he was like, oh, no, it's not a problem. And I was like, I really think it's a problem. And he was like, not listening to me. We were not seeing eye to eye. And inevitably what happened, I just had Ozzy, my little boy. And we moved to Utah. We were living in our parents' basement. The festival was like, it wasn't going the way we were thinking it was going to go. And we just needed to get out of the house. We needed to escape. We went to a movie for the first time in months. And he took a Klonopin, uh in the movie. And then on the drive home, he took another one. He forgot that he had taken taken one. And he'd probably taken one earlier in the day too. We think, we don't know. This is what I say about addicts. When you're an addict, you get sloppy. You you just, there comes a point that you just get so sloppy. And he ended up having, uh, he totally OD'd. I thought he was having a stroke or a seizure. He almost, I thought he was dying. He almost died.
0: Oh my God, that's so scary. It was awful. It was
1: seriously so, so awful. And this point in my life and the story is when I actually have a podcast about it. I talk about it. It was like I'd lived my whole life kind of having these experiences and traumas and dramas and just things that I never had the appropriate time or space to kind of deal with. I would just stuff them because I always had kids and that we were moving and job changes and just life is busy. And it never felt like an appropriate time to deal with my own shit ever. So I would, it's as if like I had a little cardboard box in my body for all my trauma and all my stress and all my unhealed wounds, and I would just stuff it and stuff it and stuff it. And this one, I was like, oh, this is big. What I just witnessed, this is big. I don't think I can be with him and I love him, but this is not in alignment with who I am and he doesn't hear me. And, and it's just so big, so bad, so scary that I tried to stuff this wound that I just witnessed our life. I, and it wouldn't go down. It would not go down. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to stuff it harder and harder. And I forced this down so hard that what I think happened was that it broke the entire little box of traumas that I keep in my body. And everything spilled out all at once. All of my unhealed stuff. I was having memories of stuff from when I was three, two, things at 16, things at nine. Like everything came back full force. And I think I went crazy. I
0: went crazy. What happened? I mean, first of all, I can totally relate. (laughs) And again, in like thousands of ways, we're so similar. But what what came to a head when this happened? So...
1: It was such a hard time. And I just had a baby too. And I think that I really was feeling like that hormonal shift on top of it, on top of the sleepless nights, on top of the trauma and the repressed memories coming back. I started to see what I... I actually, talking to you has changed my opinion on this, but I thought what I was experiencing was body dysmorphic disorder. So I would look in the mirror and I would see my face, but it wasn't my face. And it looks like scary to me. And I had had a surgery that messed with it. And I kept thinking like, okay, maybe this is just like swelling. But I'm like, no, like I'm seeing stuff that is not real. And I thought that if I told people, even Bronson or my mom or anybody, like the truth of what was really going on, that they would institutionalize me, that I would be put in like a psych ward because I was seeing things in the mirror that weren't there. I could logically understand it wasn't real but it did not matter i was seeing things in my face now after talking to you i think maybe it was the start of my spiritual awakening yes, maybe you're i was seeing being...
0: yourself, yourself shape shifting yes. to whatever was there i just thought i was mentally ill <laughs> right well i know because the 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 line is so fine and i have such an opinion on this i think so many people who are quote unquote mentally ill are just knowers of the truth, Ugh. and they just need to be in a different environment, or they just need a little bit. They need to talk about it or open up about what they're experiencing. I feel that so strongly. I every I, I microdose mushrooms or anything. I sob to, to Jonathan, my husband, and I'm like. Oh my God, no, everyone who's mentally ill, they're right. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs to listen to them. And I sob about this to him all the time. And he's like, okay,
1: you're like, you're probably right. And you are right. Have you ever, I'm reading this book right now. Oh, I'm going to botch the name. It's about women and they compare them to wolves, like women, the oh, divine.
0: Women who run with the wolves. Women
1: who run with the wolves. And it is blowing my mind because every woman who has ever been lab- labeled crazy, they are in their most authentic, truthful self. Like that is Literally, what it is. We have got this so turned around. Like that's what I realized.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. And as you've been talking, I've been seeing youth shapeshift a little bit oh. as I do with people. Sometimes I don't see it on Zoom, but I finally started seeing it with you. You did. It's, yeah, it's like a witchiness. Oh. You're like a witch, but like past lives yes. in the best way. Like a super powerful witch with all these incredible woman gifts, you know? like we women are so powerful, and you're totally a witch. That's and how I super-
1: feel. I was like, I told Brunson this. I was like, if I, it was back in the day, the Salem
0: witch trials, I'd be on the stake, man. Like, I you probably were, oh, and you probably, shoot, I probably was for that, <laughs> and I was too. Like, I started writing a fiction book about the Salem witch trials because I feel like. So connected to it. And even if it wasn't that, I know in a past life, I was burned at the stake for being powerful. Oh, yeah. And I feel like same with you and same with most women who have these spiritual awakenings in this life.
1: It's true. I could feel that when I was stepping into my power, it made people uncomfortable. So I would consistently throughout my life, water myself down to make myself more palatable to make it easier for people to be around me because i didn't ever want to make anyone uncomfortable i could energetically feel that shit so i was like i'll just water myself down and water myself down until i was 26 and nothing but a puddle of water i wasn't i wasn't me anymore i
0: watered right. myself
1: down till i was nothing
0: wow yeah so
1: what did you do then well like i said we were still poor <laughs> and i didn't have resources i didn't have a babysitter i was a stay at home mom our marriage, I was, he was okay. He got help within four weeks. He was off of every prescription medication and and himself, but I did not trust that at this point. I was so wounded. The walls were up so high. I, I didn't trust myself either, him or myself. And we had moved, he had moved to Southern California and I stayed home with the kids. Like I didn't even move with him. And it took a few months before I was like, okay, like, I really don't want to throw this away. Like after even all this shit that's happened, I really love him, and I was pissed that I loved him. I like would daydream about hating him. Like I would try to manifest hating him. Couldn't ever go there. I loved him to his core. I couldn't hate him. I was like, damn it, I like him so much. I have to like stay married <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so grateful I did because I moved to Southern California, and it was. It was weird because I was totally alone. I didn't have a friend, I didn't have family. I was just with my babies, and looking back, I always see women and i and and they like there's shame about being alone, like you don't have friends and you just feel lonely and there's no one who understands you, and I'm looking back and I realize what an absolute gift it is to be totally alone because it was. In my aloneness, day after day, he would work really late hours, go to work early and not get back till eight when the kids were already asleep. And so I spent about two years alone. And in that time, I start. this is actually before Marie Kondo, but I would journal and I would pray and I would journal and I would pray and I was meditating. And I had this idea come to me because I could recognize that my beliefs weren't my own. I re- I started to really recognize in my meditation that like, maybe some of this disconnect I'm feeling with like my personality and my body and who I am in this world is maybe because of these beliefs that have been implanted in me since the age of two. Maybe they're not mine. Maybe this is the struggle I have in life. So I started journaling about every belief I had about religion, about God, about myself, about being a woman, about motherhood, about Marriage, there isn't an area I didn't go to and I would write down the beliefs that I had, either imposed on me or natural, and I would pick it up metaphorically. I would hold this belief to myself and I would be like, is is, is this mine? Does this belong to me or is this not mine? And I've been holding it all these years. And as I did this, it was weird because I started to It's so strange because I didn't change, but what I realized was happening was that I was just taking off pieces of myself that were never really me. And I started, I feel like I was restored into who I was born as. And it wasn't in like adding the things to me, like, like being a mother, being a wife, or having a blog or being well liked on Instagram. I kind of did those things because I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this makes me who I am. Like you put it on like armor and only in like, the taking of that shit off. Did I really come to know who I was? And I was surprised that I was like, damn, I like, I think I'm awesome. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm so cool. I like myself. Like, I think I'm, I used to think I was crazy and too sensitive and I didn't belong in this world. And I started to realize that I just am an empath and I, and I feel things on fire and I, I hated this about myself. And I realized it's like my superpower.
0: Yeah. It's an incredible thing. Yeah. Wow. I know. I mean, you said so much there that I love. Like The notion of being alone is so terrifying to people and to be without friends or to be like a stay-at-home mom with nowhere to turn, basically. But for you, this was your gift Mm -hmm. because you finally... You had no choice but to go inward and to go through all of these thoughts and things and teachings that you had been ingrained in you
1: your whole life. And it's so strange to look back because they say hindsight is 2020, and it is, man. It is so 2020 because I could see that my entire childhood, I always moved and I hated it. I never had a home, I never had roots. And and I hated that so much about my past. And I realize now that it was prepping me for this exact time in my life because cause I already knew what it felt like to be alone. And it it almost just, yeah, it paved a way for me to go and do the work because I didn't have resources. It wasn't as like online either at this at that point in my life. It was seven years ago. Like it wasn't as widely talked about. I didn't know that what I was going through was a spiritual awakening. I didn't know... Any of this stuff. I was just like, you know, alone doing this weird stuff, not telling anyone but my husband, he would come home at night and I'd be like, so bronze, (laughs) (laughs) I think stuff is happening to me. I mean, I was having profound spiritual experiences every day in my bathtub. And he was just like, okay. I lost about that. Oh, the craziest one was I know we can relate on this, but I had a spontaneous kundalini awakening. And I didn't know what kundalini was. I had no idea. I'm not a, even a person who to this day, I don't even do yoga. Like I just meditate. I'm, I'm really good at meditating right. and journaling. Um, so I had been feeling myself getting somewhere. And I, I wonder if you can relate to this. Like You almost feel like you're on like a spiritual cusp like in in my meditations each day, I'm like, something's here. It's close. It's like I can almost reach out and grab it, but it's elusive. Like nothing would happen. And it was like a year of being like, okay, something's there, but nothing's happening. And I almost became dogmatic in my practices, like almost superstitious. Like if I just do things perfectly, I'm going to get to this clear knowing or something's going to happen. And This specific day, it was... I know the date. It was November 27th, 2017. Um, We had just had family in town for Thanksgiving. I was kind of... People drained me, even the ones I love the most. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. I get to be alone. I'm going to meditate in my bath Totally. And this day, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do all the bells and whistles. I'm not going to do my weird shit. I'm not going to like go there in my mind. I'm just going to get into the bath this day and chill and just meditate. So... I get into the bath and right before I step my foot into the water, I have this very clear memory of me being like, hey, just go with it. Like like someone else telling me, just go with it. And I was like, that's weird. So I get into the bath and I never get my hair wet because we all know you don't want to wash your hair all the time. I would never get my like once a week tops. But I get into the bath this day and I feel like energy or hand, it felt physical to me, hands like on my shoulders pushing me down into the water. And I was like, okay, I'm going with it. I'm getting my hair wet. This is going to suck. I'm going to have to blow dry it. But my hair is going in this water today for whatever reason. And the minute I'm in this water, my head totally submerged. I feel energy in my hands like they're on fire, just radiating heat and electricity. And I'm freaked out because I realize something very physical is happening to me in this place, in this space. Don't know what it is. And I f- fear is the emotion I felt most. And just that knowing of just like, okay, just go with it. We're just going to see what happens. So I allowed. I got out of my own way. And from that moment on, I was getting download after download. I was hearing words. I was hearing, you are powerful, more powerful than you know, like on repeat in my head. And I was doing things like I didn't choose to do this, but I sat straight up. And I was sitting up so straight that the next... I think I threw out ribs for like three days. My ribs and my spine hurt because I was sitting up so straight, so long in this bathtub. But the minute that I sat up, I felt energy um, in the base of my spine. Just shoot up and it stopped kind of at my heart. Like a, like I had no idea about chakras at this point. I wasn't really into it. But my eyes were closed. And it the minute that it broke through my heart center... I saw jade green in my eyes, my mind's eye. And it was the greenest green, went straight through my throat, out of my head. And I saw fireworks, like as if I was a sparkler. And I'm just like kind of freaking the F out. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? But also it's like lovely and I'm feeling joy and peace. And I know that this is a gift. I don't understand anything that's happening, but I understand it as a gift. And just to like shut up and try to go with it. So from that point, um, this, is, this is when I feel the divine feminine made contact with me because I, the sparks that were coming out of my head, and this is all in, my eyes were closed. They formed a crown and it was placed on my head. And I was like, my ego kicked in. And I was like, oh, I got a crown. Like, what is this? I got a crown. I'm some queen of something. And it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like this is this is the divine feminine. This is, this is femininity. And this is This is the power and, and I mean, the love that we all have. It's available to all of us. All you have to do is accept it. It was me accepting this free gift that we all have. I had never thought I was worthy of it. I didn't really know it was real. It's a real, tangible thing, this energy. And it was me accepting it and knowing that it's for all. It's not just for me. It's not, and it's not just for women. This feminine, like, energy is just, it's. It's wild, first of all. It is like a feral, just, I don't know how to describe it. It was powerfully wild and beautiful. And I just sat in this space with these knowings and kind of freaking out for like a long time, so long that the water was cold. And the only way that I even remember feeling the water was my little baby son. He walked in and he was only two, not even two, he had a diaper on. He took his diaper off, and I'm not trying to break from this moment because it's like so beautiful that I'm like, oh no, he's gonna he's gonna need me to he's gonna need a snack, you know. Uh And he, I keep my eyes closed. I'm still sitting up tall, and I feel him just hop into the water with me, and he sits right on my little lap, and I'm feeling him like like from his arms up to his shoulders and his little chest, and I'm like hugging him against my body, and I am like, oh my gosh, this little son, he wasn't a baby. It was his soul. Like I saw him and we've known each other. And like, it was just, I was like, this is my son. He's, he's, I don't own him. He doesn't own me. We don't possess each other. This is like, we love each other. And he, it was the most beautiful moment of my life. And he just got up out of the bath, got himself a towel and walked out of the room. And he, you, if you knew Ozzy, my little boy, you'd be like, that's not Ozzy. He's wild. Right. He, the little boy is insanity. He's a tornado. So it was just our souls connected that day.
0: That is amazing. Oh, it was like wild. The human selves didn't even matter because you, he saw your soul. Mm-hmm. He his soul saw your soul. He came to me and came to be with you. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. It was incredible. All right, guys, just a brief interruption from this episode with the amazing Wesley, who is such an idol of mine. She is so cool to talk a little bit about gut health, bloating, and stomach issues and digestive issues. So... I know I'm not the only person who experiences this. In fact, I know that so many people here in TBB tribe and TBB family, we feel this way a lot, whether it be because we have stomach issues or chronic illness, or maybe we like to indulge on the weekends, or maybe we were just born this way. I know I was just born this way. So I found the best bloating supplement for all of us, and it is Array, A-R-R-A-E, and It was actually founded by TBB reader Safat. She is amazing. And this supplement, it truly works. I take three of them after every single meal. There's a reason why I'm shouting about this company from the rooftops. And Array is all vegan, gluten-free, kosher, filler-free, and non-GMO, which is amazing and TBB-approved. And they also have a calm product, so if you can't relate to the whole bloating life and you need a little anxiety calming, check that out. So in the bloating capsules, they are super minimal ingredient, all herbs, completely herbal. So you can recognize everything that you're putting in your body. And what is in it is ginger root, lemon balm, dandelion root, peppermint, slippery elm, and bromelain. And that is all completely natural and hand picked for digestion, for speeding the breakdown of food, for preventing gas and for the health of your liver and for the health of your organs. So not only is it preventing those uncomfortable stomach issues, reducing heartburn, speeding down the breakdown of food, um, but it's also working to protect your liver, very, very healthy for your organs, for your gut. And I've noticed that these herbs are also a lot of herbs that are used to help fight and kill Lyme disease. So that's pretty amazing. For those of us with Lyme, the whole dandelion root, lemon balm, um, peppermint, slippery elm, that's something that I take every day for Lyme. So getting that added boost with Array is pretty special. So highly recommend checking them out. You can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for free shipping at Array.com. If you have any questions, you can always DM me and let me know. I'm obsessed with this product. Like I said, I take three after every meal, but my dad takes one after every meal. I send them to my nanny. She takes one after every meal also. So it's kind of up to you how many you feel comfortable taking and I know some people want to make their container last longer, but I'm all about that triple dose after every meal because I have pretty severe digestive issues. So check them out. I know you will fall in love. Tag me on Instagram when you try them. Array.com, A-R-R-A-E.com. Use that code BLONDE for free shipping. Yay, enjoy. Now back to this conversation with Wesley. It's like those moments the way that I was describing to you when I learned about the Pleiadians, when you said, "and you were sober," <laughs> and it's like, "yeah," and you guys obviously were sober yeah. in the bath. Like that mind-altering stuff is not needed when you, when your soul is here, mm-hmm. and that is the most beautiful thing. So, did that change your life? Did that change your perspective? Oh my gosh! So, the craziest thing
1: about it is that my life took a big nosedive after it. And I've since researched this. And it's, it can kind of, it just shakes, shakes things up. Like a profound spiritual thing like that. First of all, like you said, I didn't have anyone to talk to about this. I reached out to one friend, Kelly, and she was like, I think you had a spontaneous kundalini, kundalini awakening. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> like it was, right. I still was like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. And after that, it's like, my body started breaking out. I had staph infection in my face. My, I became intolerant to eggs. It was like, looking back now, I can see that it was everything that was happening to me that I was like, my life is falling apart. It was literally falling away from me. It was, it was like turn signals, like a map saying, you're not living in alignment. We need to shake you up so that you can get yourself where you need to be. And my entire life changed. It took two years, but my husband quit his job. Um, we moved states. I got my kids... I mean, looking back, it's crazy to really say this, but yeah, I'm a different person from just three three years ago. 100% different person.
0: Wow. I get it. You get it's it. like that breakdown. I, I so get it. I mean... Like your life has to break down in order to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And I think for people like us who feel things so deeply, and you said like you said something like you just feel things on fire, mm-hmm. which I totally get. Like for people like us, there can't be some kind of normal journey <laughs> or evolving. Like this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Then I was spiritually awakened. It's like your life as you know it has to crumble. And it's so hard. But I think anybody who's been through something very, very hard with their health or their life or whatever it may be, gets it. Because you have to have everything you think you knew shattered. Mm -hmm. And then once it's shattered, then you can rebuild. And I see that so clearly in you. And yeah, it's it's hard. It's like I I, died. Like the person
1: I pretended to be my whole life she had to die for me yeah. to be myself.
0: I get that. Yeah. I get that completely. Yeah. I feel like I died as well, which is why when you brought up my book, Breaking Vegan, I'm like, I didn't really write that. That was another <laughs> version of that you. Was not me. But it's all good because hopefully it still helps people. But it's like, I didn't write that. I... I'm so I'm And I different
1: think now. now I have so much, I mean, I already am empathetic, but I really do have so much more empathy in my life because I know if I can change in the way that I've changed, if you can change in the way that you can change, and I've seen my husband do this too, like it really is possible for anyone. You don't even have to be spiritual. I'm using like quotations, like anybody can change. You can right. be different and, and it doesn't have to be this whole thing. I think I think a part of me was really resistant to this work. That's why it took me literally like, like just my life imploding for me to figure this out. I don't think it necessarily has to take you for your life to implode. I, for it did for me, but I just think like it's so doable if you're just honest with yourself all the way through.
0: And I agree. I agree. I think everybody's different. Not everybody has to reach this full breakdown, but I think those of us who do, we share it. We kind of have this responsibility to share it, to show people Mm -hmm. you can do this now before your life explodes and, and start to do this work and start to be honest with yourself. And some people just have that more calm, more linear experience. But those of us who have hit this serious rock bottom I guess we, or I know rather, we needed to, mm-hmm. which is so wild. So now that your life has changed and you're in this, you're in this awakened place, mm-hmm. and it's not like everything's perfect, but everything has changed. What was that like for your relationship and your family? Like, what does your husband and your kids think about all this? He,
1: so Bronson is my husband, and he's. I've lucked out cuz the man is just easy. Like I've I've honest, I'll try to push his buttons. He doesn't fall for it. He's so he's so different from me in that way. Like I think I'm still explosive. It's so funny when people are like, "Oh, you had a spiritual awakening." Like, "Now you're zen, now you're this." I'm like, "Oh, no.
0: I'm yeah, still so really. much
1: my human self. I'm just more aware of my issues." Okay. But he's he's been so lovely throughout the whole process because he was not always on the same page as me, and I think that we gave each other a lot of space and freedom. like it wouldn't worry me when he wasn't where I was at. And I also could feel it in him intuitively that that his was coming, and that I was almost paving the way. And there were times when it was happening that I was like, hey, get on my boat, you know, like, like join me over here with this weird stuff. And he was like, I don't, know. I don't know. Like it wasn't for him yet. And it took me just completely taking my my foot off the pedal and just remaining in my lane and kind of like doing my own thing. And I think me stepping into myself more because he's always known this about me. He's like, you, you need to be doing something. You can't just, yes, being a stay at home mom is beautiful, but like, you have shit to say. And I'd be like, no, I really don't. Like, Blogging's not for me. Instagram is not for me. And he was like, well, there's something that you need to be doing. And I was like, no, I'm like really fine with just being a stay-at-home mom. But I finally stepped into this podcast space. And he was like, I knew it. I knew it was in you all along. But I think it even freaked him out how fast this, this has taken off for me. He's like, whoa. He could kind of see that when you really, really let go of the shit that is not serving you, how fast your life just... It's like a rocket ship. Like the minute that you are in alignment, stuff happens. That is
0: so true. No effort. It really does. When you're doing what's meant for you, it all works out. It all aligns. And it's been so cool to watch your podcast evolve so quickly because I really started listening to it right when it started. Right when you released your first episode, I was so excited. And I feel like it is, it really has skyrocketed so quickly. It's, and you've had huge people on, and it's like so exciting. It's freaking me out a little bit. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it is wild. It's surprising. It probably feels crazy for someone who doesn't like to be in the spotlight. But that's the funny thing about podcasts. Like we are and we aren't in the spotlight because most of the time we're in, interviewing other people. Mm-hmm. But but it's really you that people are coming to listen to. So like, what's that like? Do you love it? Does it feel... Do you wake up and you're just like, oh yeah, this is the life I've
1: It feels oddly like a dream and then like this was how it's always meant to be at the, at the same time like i kind of pinch myself because if i if i could dream up i remember myself as that broken version of myself being like what do you want to do your kids aren't going to i found so much of my identity in my children and being their mother and that thought it was like i would love every moment of it but at the same time i'd be like they they'll leave you like holy shit these little babies your life they're going to grow up and they will leave you and you will be empty like what are you going to do? And there, a nine to five job, I would just, I couldn't, my body would not work like that. I could <laughs> nothing in the world sounded fun to me. And this was a lot of years ago. And I was like, the only thing that spikes my interest is like talking about life and spirituality. And I was like, well, there's no money in that. So I'll just be poor and I'll try to do that. Maybe I'll be a Reiki healer. I don't know. Right. So I, li- I think I manifested this job because It was my dream thing. I just want to talk to people about their story and tell my story and kind of find a common space even when nothing may align with our stories. But the emotions, I seem to always identify with people's emotions. Two totally different lives, but I know we can relate on one common thing that we've both been through. And I like podcasting. I can figure that out. And I I think something I love is that I can see people like you, like I see you, I see what you do and I see like what you produce and it's amazing in quality, but it's almost like I see your intent. You know what I mean? Like I can see it in there. Like there's a bigger thing going on with you. And and then I see like with you, with other people too, like I see their potential and I can, I just almost want to like give people a chance to get out
0: there. Right. Yes because i i i don't know i totally get that i you know you get that I, I i do i get so excited about people it's ridiculous mm-hmm. and if i think about my interests like i totally know that like you i manifested this job because connecting with people um i get so excited about like connecting deeply with people and not on a surface level at all but like when you can go deep with somebody on a podcast and then i obviously love health and wellness. And I love spirituality and I love writing and I love talking. And somehow, if you could put that all <laughs> into a job, it happened. it happened. And I know for a fact, everybody can do that with what they love. And for some people, it might be a nine to five because they have so much flexibility on the weekends or whatever. But for me and probably for you, it's kind of this like 24-7 job, quote unquote, but with so much flexibility all throughout, which is perfect because mm-hmm. I can sleep in, I can do the things I need to do and and just kind of infuse it all into work, which is so wild. And I see that in you. Mm-hmm. I get so excited every time I see anything you've posted because <laughs> I just am so invested in your life. And like when you post about your family doing the ice bath yes. and stuff, I'm like, they're so cool. <laughs> I just can't wait to have kids and like be a family like you that. You will like, be. Just, this
1: is the best oh, thing for about sure. it, Jordan, is that the kids, they're such an easy sell. Ever Like they're so easy. Like if you're having fun, they want to do it. And I'm like, wait, okay, I can be myself with my kids. I see this with, with parents all the time. They They're like their parenting role with their kids and then their kids don't know them. They don't know who they really are. They just know them as their parent. And I remember, because that's what's normal, right? We're all raised with that. You can't, you show a certain side of yourself to your kids and then you almost have like a private life. And I remember when this whole thing happened with with me and I would talk to my husband about it. I was like, hey, let's just like, let's just go at the kids with like our truth. Like even the stuff we don't think they can handle, we'll like, But you can water it down a little bit, and then the more that we started showing our kids ourselves and doing these things like Wim Hof and ice baths, and just sharing our lives with them, like the in real time, it created this beautiful synergy where our kids are really open with us. Like I'm, I'm, I have a teenager, oh preteen actually, and her. Friends come over and they're like, we can't talk to our moms and dads like this. And they're not doing anything wrong. They're like beautiful kids. But I'm like, why? You're just, this is just you. They're like, I don't know. I don't know how to be like me with my parents. And Zuri's wow. like, that is weird, mom. What are they talking about? I'm like, I don't know. But I'm so grateful that we did whatever we did and that our life sucked for so many years because now it is beautiful. Like, beautiful.
0: Totally. totally. But you'll be like that. You will. I already yeah. feel it. Yes, I will take that inspiration from you because that's the that's what I want. Like and I think it's so cool how you're so yourself with your kids. And I listened to your kids on your podcast you and it was so cute and fun <laughs> to hear them talk. And they're like, Yeah, you guys just kind of tell us everything, or when we have a question, you guys just answer it in an honest way. It's so cool and they're so funny and like so adorable. They are. And your daughter has a beautiful singing voice. Oh, she's out of this world. She's
1: I think that maybe the reason we are the parents that that we are is probably because our little kids are just meant for bigger things. We had to like, we we are their springboard. We got to be open for all the stuff because yeah, our kids, man.
0: That doesn't surprise me at all though, because it's a soul thing. Mm -hmm. Like they chose you, Mm -hmm. you chose them. It was your souls and your souls are on this like remarkable journey of souls together, which is so And it is so hilarious knowing who my children are
1: now. Of course, I got pregnant at 19. That baby was coming here no matter what. She was kicking down doors. Like, I feel like I didn't have a say in it. She was like, boom, I'm coming. Today's my day. Yeah.
0: It's hilarious. Definitely. (laughs) And it's meant to be that you guys are like so close in age in many ways. Like, that's mm-hmm. so cool. And I know it had its challenges, but for the rest of your life, it'll be so special oh. and so cool. I
1: think about my, my grandma self, like you remember your grandma's self. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I am going to have like, pro- I'll probably be a great, great grandma. Because my kids, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to be around for all the posterity. It's the best. Maybe it's so hard because I'm like, don't get pregnant at 19. Like, hell, bad idea. But then really, I'm like, oh my gosh, like we did it so right. Because now we're in our 30s, done having babies, and we
0: are chilling hard. It is like... So fun. It's so cool. It's so awesome. My dad had my oldest sister at 19. And like, there's a million similarities between you and like my family, my life, all these different things. And his, his, um, so he was 19 and his wife was 17. And he always says, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. But I see how it is now mm-hmm. and how my sister has a 23 year old and like my dad is young. And I'm pretty jealous of all of that because when I have kids, which will be very soon, my parents are going to be so... My dad is going to be so much older and it's just like, it's such a different thing. A different experience. Yeah. But it's so special that you have that. So switching gears, I do want to hear a little bit about your ayahuasca journey because we love plant medicine and... Oh, that you've had a beautiful experience with ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. So so I
1: was in my circle of people. I I'm, live in Utah. I had never even heard of ayahuasca. I never knew a soul that had did ayahuasca. It got introduced to me actually when Bronson, my husband, had his accidental overdose. And someone was like, there's this plant in the jungle. It's called a boga. It wasn't even ayahuasca they were talking about. But um, you should he should look into it. It's like it helps and I was like, hell no. Like, you are you really coming at me right now saying that we should fix a drug problem with some weird jungle drugs? Like, right. I was so closed off to it. I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That night, I went to sleep and I'm not a dreamer. I like don't have dreams. I don't, Well, if I, I'm sure I do. I just don't remember them. I had a dream. I, I was sitting on a beach and I was riding AYA in the sand and a voice was saying ayahuasca. I never heard of it. And so I woke up from that dream. It freaked me out. It was a scary dream. And I was like, what the hell was that? Went right back to sleep. You know how sometimes you do that? You just wake up and you're like, that's weird. Go right back to sleep. Did not have another thought of it. Um, Four days or so pass. I'm breastfeeding my son and I hear ayahuasca clear as day, like a loudspeaker in my head. And I'm like, what the actual... Fuck is this? Like what is going on? I look it up and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's a plant medicine. What is this?" And I just became obsessed. I was like, "I know that I have to do this. I don't want to do this. I am not the type of person that does this." Like it is so against like who I was. It seemed so scary you do it out of the country. It's illegal in the US. Like everything about it was a huge no. Yet my soul, it wouldn't leave me alone it would not leave me alone. I researched it every single day. It would call me in for four years until I finally was like, enough. I'll just go. I'll go. So I went to a place called Rhythmia. It's in Costa Rica. And um, it was the most profound, beautiful experience of my life. It was also the scariest. But like I would say it, it, it was kind of the thing that braided up all the loose ends for me. To like really move forward and and jump into the me that I know I am. It took that type of healing, that medicinal healing. I had celestial surgeries, like more than anyone in the group. They were relentlessly performing surgery on me, cosmic surgery, the entire time. We did four, four, um, four ceremonies, four nights in a row. And yeah, I had. Surgery the whole entire time through. I saw celestial being, beings. They were pre-mantis men. When you talk about aliens, I'm like, yeah, they're aliens, but they're not scary. They're just no, exactly. They were healers. Mm-hmm. They were healers.
0: saying mantis men. That is so cool. They were like robot pre-mantis men. I can totally see it. I've seen similar things. You have? I, yeah. No, I totally have the surgeries. I mean the alien surgeries, which I was having even outside of ayahuasca. So you can imagine oh, in- Oh, I believe you. It happened to me later on. When not, I was sober yeah. and I could feel once stuff. You, mm-hmm, once you open that door, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because I totally know what you mean with like with hearing ayahuasca out loud and not knowing what it is because that happened to me too. It did? And I didn't know what it was, but- I was also fully called to ayahuasca. There was no chance that I wasn't doing it. It was part of my healing from Lyme, but like from everything. Mm-hmm. And even when I was there and I had this like crazy experience as the reflector in the group of like transmuting oh, everyone's gosh, energy. I couldn't imagine. And I had basically an exorcism is what I call it, I don't really know what it was. It was like a crazy healing exorcism Terrifying, but for days after, I would hear just running through my head. I would hear the word ayahuasca all the time, <gasps> even after. And it's like ayahuasca is an energy. Ayahuasca is and an energy. I would hear it loud as day, and it would say ayahuasca, and then it would say remember and don't forget, and like things like that. And I'm like, I won't forget. Oh my god, I could never forget. Like, oh, you can't forget. No. No, it's huge. It's so healing and it's medicine. And they say it stays with you for forever.
1: They say that once you dance that dance with ayahuasca, that your DNA kind of mingles and that it's forever in you.
0: I've had experiences without ayahuasca since then that are full ayahuasca experiences, either with mushrooms or one-time I basically overdosed on pain medication after a surgery that I had for Lyme last summer. Mm-hmm. I accidentally did like this THC pill, took it. I thought it was CBD. And then I took all this pain medication and it was a fatal combination. Oh my gosh. And I left my body and I was in full ayahuasca world and my organs were shutting down in real life, but I ended up being okay. But Jordan. it was-, it was it was in the middle of the night. I was with Jonathan, and then my mom came down, and because he called, he called her. She came three a.m. and I was like, "You guys, I, I'm in ayahuasca, whatever it is. With that, I'm there." And my mom was terrified. She's like, "You can never do this again." She was so scared, <laughs> but it, to me, it was scary, but it was also beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was like, okay. This ayahuasca stuff, it is in your body forever. It's in it was in my spine or something, and I felt it like unlock. And there I was. And my parent, my mom and Jonathan, they looked like aliens. Oh my and I was gosh. terrified of that. And I was like, Let's just turn the T V on like the Kardashians or yes, something. Something so I, human. <laughs> I need, if I go into my mind, I will slip away and like I could die. It was the weirdest thing ever. It
1: makes sense that you went to ayahuasca land. It's so hard for people who've never done it. There is like you, there's a place and it's not the same for anybody, but it's like, it's the place between heaven and earth. It is the in between. And it makes sense that you went there. That's where our, our souls go. I think, I think they hang out there before we're done. Totally.
0: Oh my gosh. Totally. And it's beautiful. And I love it. And I love that you've experienced it. And it doesn't surprise me at all yeah. that you were
1: called. It's so special. It is so special. I'm glad you feel it. It freaks people out. So I'm, I know I, I get that you get the reverence of it. The not freaky I- part. Even though there's are freaky no, parts.
0: Beautiful. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Beautiful, terrifying, all the things. <laughs> all the things. So I want to ask you some of the questions the rapid fires that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. So we know your sun sign, you're a Libra. Mm-hmm. Do you know your rising and your moon sign?
1: I think it goes Scorpio and then Libra again. So oh, Libra, cool. Scorpio,
0: Libra. Okay, I love it. So you're a double Libra <laughs> mm-hmm. with some with some Scorpio energy. But I've I can heard tonal- the Scorp- people hate Scorpios. Is this true? I don't know enough about Zodiacs. So I'm like, it's just, what does that mean about me? <laughs> I mean, I think Scorpio, I love the Scorpios in my life. They're very, so it's a water sign, but it's very fiery. So it's really interesting because I always think that they should be a fire sign. Mm-hmm. They're a water sign. Scorpios are super stubborn. They get things done. Yep, all I that. Scorpios that are out of alignment with themselves are kind of like the unlikable people. Mm-hmm. But if they're in alignment with the way that they should be living life and they embrace who they are, I think they're some of the most incredible people who are loving, who are like fierce and loyal, get things done.
1: For sure. That's what I, I get shit done. I'll give you that. That that yeah. that fits. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and
0: your human design,
1: oh. you're a generous generator. I'm a 5'2", and okay. I am obsessed. Human design it's, feels so validating to me. Yes. It's the most
0: real thing in the entire
1: world. It really is. Freaks me right on out. It's it's mind-blowing to me how accurate it is. And having children and doing their design. Yeah. So what are they? They're all manifesting generators, and my husband's a manifesting generator. So it's a lot. Oh my gosh. A lot is going on all the time. Big household. Big household energy. But my little son, you know how they have, even if you go to Jenna Zoe's, they'll tell you how you should eat. My uh-huh. my baby, my son, he's six. I don't know why I call him a baby. But he he was like, mom, warm up my food. Mom, warm up my food. I'm like, your food is hot. Like, what is wrong with you? I, I stopped. I was like, I am not warming up your food any longer. You are crazy. If you don't get here when it's hot, that is on you. Like just this fight. And then I got his chart read and it said that his digestion is hot. He needs to eat like piping hot foods. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. He's been living his truth his whole life. And I'm like, you're weird.
0: What are you doing? You Weirdo. And I'm like, now I give him
1: all hot foods. He's so happy. Oh
0: my God. He's so lucky that he has you to look into these things. (laughs) It's so cool. That stuff changed my life. Changed my life. So your whole family is is energy beings. My whole family is non-energy. So I'm a reflector. My dad's a reflector, which your is like unheard of. Unheard of. And my mom's a projector. So we are like such an interesting household. And then my siblings, the ones that I know of at least, are manifesting generators. So there's like a lot. There's of, a lot. Of, energy oh my and when you go deep into it it's so crazy it's valid I think it's important to do as a family
1: I think it's like a family thing so so like uh, it's amazing
0: my future kids and my husband is a generator you guys are very special a reflector needs a generator really get through life I think so yeah because we we don't we don't produce our own energy. It's very interesting, but we really can thrive off other people's.
1: And that's so important to have a generator. We can go and go and go as long as we're happy, as long as we're lit up. I know, exactly. It's the best. But he seems so happy with you. So this makes sense. Your relationship feels special. I have to say that. I just feel it. It's like when you called him like a puppy, he is like an excited, I don't know, you're you're spot on. He is such like a a puppy.
0: puppy love. He's a puppy soul yeah. and he's so good. And everyone loves I mean, puppies. Like, like, who can hate a puppy? He's so everybody lovable. Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. And in the way that you can train a dog, I mean, it sounds so funny, but you get this because <laughs> we're talking about the puppy soul. He's very trainable. He's open. Like everything that he ever needed to learn, like I can teach him. He learns it so well. He does it. And it's like this beautiful, he's, he's incredible. And I feel the same way about you and your husband. You guys are like, such a beautiful couple, Thank inside you. and out. And he seems like a really gentle soul. I don't know if that's true, so but he gentle. seems. Yeah,
1: I love that. I'm a bit fiery. He's so gentle. It's it's it works.
0: I love that so much. What's his sign?
1: He is an Aquarius. Ooh,
0: mm-hmm. no wonder. Mm-hmm. I love Aquarius. It's yeah, Aquarius people. He's a little creative I freak. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, if you were a color, what color best represents your energy?
1: Uh oh, I think indigo. I feel like an indigo baby.
0: Yes, that's what you are. Mm-hmm. That's the best answer ever. Mm-hmm. If you're an animal, what animal would you be? Oh, I honestly
1: feel, well, I don't know why this just came to me, but like a Labrador, maybe because I have blonde hair.
0: <laughs> totally. <laughs> like that's a so Labrador
1: cute. dog. Like I'm easily excited. I'm over the top and I'm just happy. Yes love. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee,
0: 100%. Coffee all day. All day. And so just to bring this all the
1: way back, so you're not Mormon anymore. No, no. That was a part of my, my dark night of the soul. I had to shed that layer. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I took everything I got there and I just used it as a foundation to build on top of. I so love a lot that. of people leave they're really angry and bitter and I'm just so grateful that I could leave it and love it and now grow beyond it. That's so
0: beautiful. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Um, Are
1: you a night person or a morning person? Night. Slow mornings for me. Not great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Name. 100%. And then what's on the horizon for you? What do you see coming next? Oh, man. The podcast is really filling my
1: cup. I haven't found balance in it. So I'm craving some balance. But I think in my future, I have a book. I think there's a book in me
0: please write a book. It will be so beautiful. Yeah, You're such a good writer. I mean, that was like your original thing. Yeah. Blogging.
1: I think there's a book in me. I'll ask you how whenever I'm ready. I'm going to come to you. You better
0: be ready for that phone call. (laughs) Oh, I so am. Jordan, how to write a book. I'm, I'm getting into just beginning to write my next book. And... It's a special thing. Like I cannot wait for that for you. Oh, it seems so like such special. a
1: beast, like such a
0: monumentous thing. But yeah, I'm ready. That's why I've been saying that I'll start it for years. <laughs> <laughs> Here we all probably keep saying that, but it's so special. I think I got it. Yay! And then tell everybody where they can find you.
1: So I am at Wake Up with Wesley on Instagram, and that's
0: my that's my podcast too. Wake Up with Wesley,
1: and that's and it. Everybody.
0: Is gonna love everyone listening. You have to listen to her podcast. We have the first half of this conversation Mm -hmm. on her podcast. I interviewed Jordan. It was a good one. You're probably one of my favorite interviewers I've ever done. That makes me so happy. I can't wait. Good one. I'll tell you some of my favorites that I've listened to on your podcast because I have faves. Well, I obviously loved the the one with Kelly, Mm who is just such a special person. Um, Fellow Mm plebeian, fellow, totally fellow based goddess. She's amazing. I loved the one with Kara Loren. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Super like that was the first interview she had ever done and you she was so comfortable with you and that was such a good one. And I loved Kelsey Wells. Oh, like hers was a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse. Yes. I didn't know that she was so lovely. Oh, I mean, I knew she has like the best body I've ever seen, but like such a lovely person on the inside. Her soul is hotter than her bod
1: and that is saying a lot. I loved her. You picked some of my favorites too. Those are my favorites.
0: Yeah. My favorite?
1: I love love Shaman. What's his name? Shaman Durek. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That one I was like, who is that guy? I mean, well, you're amazing in that but I was like,
0: this guy? Who is this guy? He's amazing. He's a game changer Mm -hmm. for sure. Oh, I love it. Well, I'm so happy that we did this. I could talk to you all day as we have been. And I'm so happy though. And I woke up and I was like, please tell me I didn't miss our interview nope. because I saw, but no, we're not, we're not from here. We're not human. We're not supposed to know time. Things like so math all- and
1: time don't come easily for me. Not at all. Me
0: neither. I'm glad that you understand. I do. I'm so happy we did this. Thank you so Jordan, much. Jordan, just,
1: I love you. I adore you. I see all the things you're doing. I'm grateful that you see what I'm doing and that we can kind of this together so thank
0: you guys so much thank you yay i am so happy to have had wesley on the podcast today like i said we did a podcast swap so you can head over to her podcast wake up with wesley to hear me on her show i'm so honored to be on her show she is so cool and someone who i look up to so much when it comes to spirituality sharing from the heart taking time off of your phone because she honestly seems like she's so good at that motherhood of course I cannot wait to be a mom like her and raise my little family similar to her and her adorable husband Bronson she they are just so cute and I can't wait to meet her in person and basically be friends forever and save her up because she's so, so, so special. And thank you to everybody who's listening. You guys are the best. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes, send me a screenshot to Jordan at com. So I can thank you personally and send you a free gift. And lastly, thank you to our sponsors, Four Sigmatic and Array, both of which you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, with Four Sigmatic for 15% off and with Array for free shipping. So those are two of my favorite brands, favorite products that are in existence. Highly recommend checking them out. I am off to get some neurofeedback right now for Lime. I will definitely keep you guys posted. If anybody here has listened to the very, very end, neurofeedback is so interesting and I can't wait to share more about it. And next week, it is my 30th birthday. What the heck? So I think we're gonna do something special for next week's episode. So stay tuned. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. And we will talk next week. Mwah.